G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. There are some important developments in the nation of India that will be concerning to Christians. Christians in India are facing existential threat from a systematic campaign of violent nationalist persecution. A new report compiled by the London School of Economics and the international charity Open Doors also found that the campaign of violence and intimidation is heavily fuelled by new social media platforms. Murray Noble is a communications specialist at Open Doors. Murray's joining us. Murray, welcome back to 2020. Neil, it is great to be with you. Murray, Christians across India... They are, as I understand it, living, many of them, in constant fear. Is that the case? That is the case. And this isn't something new. It's just that now we have some data to back it up. We're seeing that daily life for Christians is a massive struggle because of that constant fear, because there's a systemic campaign against them. It's violent and it involves assault and murder. It's a very hard place to live as a Christian. Uh, so not just a verbal stash now and then, right up to murder, the idea of harassment. Uh, I've heard, too, sexual assault uh, waged against Christians. That's correct. And what's unfortunate is when these attacks or these harassments occur, often they're completely ignored by the police. And in fact, sometimes even the perpetrators are sided with by the police. So it's really hard for Christians to see an end to this when it's happening constantly and the officials appear to be on the side of the perpetrators. And Open Doors, I imagine you've commissioned this report with the London School of Economics. And so the sorts of things you're hearing, uh, they have real weight. This is authentic research detail that is showing perhaps more now than ever that Christians are under this pressure, especially under this rising Hindu nationalism. That's completely correct. We've heard many stories for a number of years about Christians facing this persecution in in India. But now for really the first time, we have this solid concrete data that is telling us what's going on and hopefully where we as an international community can go from here. Let's just get a bit of context here, Murray, because while we're talking about Christians, because we're interested in what's happening so far as Christian persecution goes, Muslims here are also on the receiving end because it's persecution that's coming from Hindu nationalists. That's correct. What we're seeing is Hindu nationalists are targeting anyone from from a religious minority. And while we often have those stories of Christians, there are also many stories of Muslims who are facing similar forms of persecution from these far-right Hindu nationalists. Oftentimes, when talking about persecution in India, we've talked about, you know, riling up a mob and a mob hunting down a Christian believer and there's beatings and uh, dreadful things happen. But from what we understand now, this is all being condoned by the state. How do we understand that? 
Well, it, it is very hard to understand how the justice system can be on the side of a mob, say, of 250 people who go to a house, break in, and beat a family of Christians who are just praying in their own home. It's, it's hard to comprehend how this could be the case in, in a country that, in many ways, we, we'd hope would have better laws around this kind of thing. And in fact, that's one of the recommendations that this report has said, is that there needs to be more accountability for people who are in positions of power, who are condoning this kind of action uh, by these Hindu nationalists. Because in, in some scenarios, we're actually seeing that those who carry out these beatings or these assaults uh, actually gain favour with people who are in power, which is a very hard concept to, to rationalise or deal with. Uh, gaining favour with those in power, and this is what you get with the rise of extreme nationalism, or what we're able to call Hindutva, uh, where those who are then uh, in government, uh, police or media, everyone wants to do the right thing to find favour with the government and align with its extreme nationalism. We all understand just how dangerous that is, but this is happening right now in India. That's correct, and... It's, it's, it's very interesting that we, we see these situations where this Hindutva men will gather together and they'll go and start this conflict or this persecution and harassment and then do whatever they can to cast the media story as though they are the people doing the good things and the Christians have done the bad things, casting the, the Christians and the Muslims as the perpetrators when they're just in their own home praying. And I think that's such a, such a terrible concept to imagine what would that, that would be like here in Australia if, if we had that experience of praying in our own home or church and then someone breaking down our door, coming in, harassing us, and then being told that we're the ones at fault. It's, it's, it's hard to fathom. And the hope that there might be people in the political arena who might be there to defend you, or religious leaders who say, oh, that's not really as bad as it all looks, but actually it seems like those sorts of leaders are actually creating the idea that the behaviour of uh, harassing minorities is actually desirable. Is that the way it seems to be working? It is. In fact, this report uh, has told us that at the state level, violence and persecution have been encouraged. In fact, some states are introducing laws that will punish Christians for what they're calling a forced conversion, when in reality it's just Christians practicing their own faith. So when at a state level you have laws being created to reward those who are carrying out persecution, you know you're in, in a spot of bother and really a, a really hard spot to pull back from and, and see some light in when it's it's people in power who are having these decisions made. Conversion laws, we'll often talk about those and how they're used in states that persecute Christians. But there's other things happening too, and I'll get your thoughts here, Murray. There's even claims that the Christians are deliberately trying to spread the coronavirus and infect Hindus. All sorts of rumours get out of control. The reality is that sometimes rumours are the best way to to grow this uh, Hindu nationalism, because if there's someone easy to blame, someone easy to look to and say it's their fault this is happening, suddenly a lot more people get on, on the perpetrator side and say, yeah, we can get on board with this because we, we can say it's a Christian's fault. That's an easy out for us. So we, we're definitely seeing an increase in, in the number of people joining this Hindu nationalism cause because it's very easy to look at a minority and blame them for what's going on. We're in a digital age. Lots of people in India have a mobile device. Social media is incredibly popular. It's a huge population, 1.3 plus billion people. The idea of fueling violence and intimidation by new social media platforms, how does that seem to be working? 
Well, what we're seeing is a lack of moderation through social media platforms. And so without enough moderators to address issues of discrimination and harassment and violence, a number of these rumours or persecution being cast in the positive light can fly quite easily through the radar. And so we see kind of mainstream media covering mob attacks from the side of the perpetrators and then social media having many different stories from the side of the perpetrators that the victim's voice just doesn't get heard and social media becomes an easy place for people to gain followings or gain gatherings of like-minded people who are willing to commit these acts of persecution. No doubt they've got their own form of cancel culture there too, which intimidates the media into always saying those things that will go along with a government narrative. But this idea of a biased media, if mainstream media is covering a mob attack, they tend to be on the side of the perpetrators. That works against Christians and every other religious minority. That's correct, and makes it incredibly hard to hear the voice of the victim. And that's why a report like this one is so important because it gives an opportunity for the victims to have their voice heard and for us here in Australia and also others around the world to hear really what's going on because if the media is not reporting truthfully both sides of the story, it very quickly becomes a a one-sided country and a one-sided media. So that's why this report and reports like this one are so important for religious minorities in countries like India. From what I understand too, even if you were to go and report a intimidation or an attack, any crime committed by uh, mobs, that if you went to the police, uh, they're reluctant even to press charges because they're all on side with this Hindu nationalism. Reluctance in some cases is, is a best case scenario because sometimes police would be part of the mob. Or we had a story of a Christian called Ravi who who was entrapped by a mob and, and beaten brutally uh, and then was taken to a police station and and then left to die in the police station with the police unwilling to press charges and, if anything, held him accountable for his own injuries. So sometimes the police choosing to not press charges would be best-case scenario, whereas in the worst-case scenario, they're, they're part of this Hindu nationalist mob who are taking actions against Christians. Well, I don't know whether you can comment on how Hindus think about Christians or any other minorities, but from what I understand, uh, the idea within Hindu religion that if you come from a foreign faith under this nationalism, you're thought to bring bad luck to the community. Any thoughts on the way the, the, the faith aspect works? Well, it is something we see in a number of different countries, uh, India included, where choosing to leave the common faith of the family not only is seen as unlucky, but also is seen as disrespectful and a shame upon the family. And so trying to leave your own faith to follow Christ uh, suddenly brings a whole greater weight to it when the family's name is on the line or the family's honour is on the line, which is often where we do see this violence come in, because in some scenarios, if maybe a sister wants to leave the family's religion and follow Christianity, the brothers will join the mob that are coming to be her. And that's such a sad reality that a family can't be a safe place for someone just seeking to follow Christ. Well, it is disturbing. And when we talk about the way that conversions are outlawed and there are attacks on Christian individuals, there are arson attacks on churches, this is really concerning. 
Uh, Murray Noble, some honour to you here for your work and the work of Open Doors, uh, not only in Australia and around the world, uh, getting word out. Uh, There is an India appeal that you've got happening at the moment. Uh, How can listeners to our conversation today do something practical uh, to support the good work you're doing? Well, we work with local church partners in India and with COVID happening right now and this also incredible persecution happening, we have an opportunity for people to support Christians who need urgent aid. And Christians like a lady called Preetha who was beaten by a mob and was then taken to hospital, but the doctors refused to treat her because she was Christian. So we have an opportunity where you can support Christians like her for just $20. You can provide urgent aid for a Christian who needs it. That's, that's what we have right now. It's on our website at opendoors.org.au and you can help out Indian Christians who really need support during this time. Okay, there is an India appeal on now. As you say, $20 will give urgent aid for a Christian in need. Maybe you can give a little more. opendoors.org.au That's opendoors.org.au Murray Noble, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and the update today on 2020. Thanks for having me, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.